What's up, Rock Church? What's up? What's up? What's up? How's everybody doing today? Very good. We want to say hello to everybody watching in all over the world and all the military and all our campuses uh, and all our microsites. Give all those people out there a welcome. God bless you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Noah Hawley. I think it's Noah back there. Noah Hawley. So, so Thursday, our lighting system crashed and he came in here with his volunteers and fixed everything with his, volu his volunteers and missed the staff party. So we want to say thank you for doing that for us. Let's give him a big hand. God bless you. God bless you. Stand up, man. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Just wave like the Pope. Wave like the Pope. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you very much. Uh, let's pray today standing up. Let's all stand up. Yeah, give your knees a little rest. All the campuses stand up. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. We stand before you needing your presence and your love, needing a touch from, from heaven. We pray you open heaven to pour out your Holy Spirit on us. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your patience in our life. We thank you for today. Muchas gracias por su amor. Muchas gracias por su presencia en este lugar. Thank you so much that you love us. And thank you so much that you have something for our lives that we could never do for ourselves. And Lord, I pray you encourage people today who are discouraged. They're running out of money, they're running out of patience, they're running out of energy, they're running out of, uh, running out of a, the will to live. As somebody who just wants to give up on life, we pray that God would reveal to you he loves you and knows who you are and he wants to encourage you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you sit down, give somebody a hug or a high five or something. Before I start today, can everybody take out of their bulletin this little pamphlet that says Join in Generosity 2015. Uh, next week we're going to have a, a special service where we're going to ask you to commit to tithing about 20%, one in five of the people here tithe, which is something God tells us all to do, and, and therefore all our resources come from tithing. So next week we're going to uh, um, ask you to make a commitment to tithe. It's a year-long challenge. There is no money-back guarantee this year. Uh, last year we gave money-back guarantee. And at, to be honest with you, you only had three people ask for the money back, so it wasn't because of that. But I, I think the, 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 what happened last year is people did it for 90 days and they stopped. Uh, it's really a lifestyle. And so we're going to talk about that over the next couple weeks. But I wanted to bring this to your attention. I want you to take this home and I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to be convinced this is what God wants us to do, which we're going to teach about. And this is what God wants you to do. And there's two, two things to pray about. One is to be a consistent tither. Some of you are, are, are already. And then to give over and above that, which is called an offering, ofrendas. Is a, offering is over and above your tithe. Uh, 
tithe is 10%. It's kind of, uh, and we'll teach about this over the next couple of weeks. Um, and then offering is over and above that. So we want you to pray about that. All the money goes to what we do. And the, the offerings go to special projects like our orphanage in Haiti, our, um, our multi-site in, in City Heights, and things like that. And our pervasive hope um, initiatives, paying down debt, etc. So I want you to take this home, and next week we'll be filling this out. And, and I want you to pray about it. And, and be convinced, you know, I'm not, you're not being forced to do it. You're not being manipulated to do it, even though we're going to teach you what the Word says. Uh, that you be convinced that God wants you to do it, just like he wants you to pray, just like he wants you to read your Bible, just like he wants you to come to church. He wants you to give and be generous. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's see your Bibles. Let's see your Bibles. On three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Very good. Let's turn to uh, Luke chapter 6. Luke. Luke 6. Matthew, Mark, Mark, if you're from Boston, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 6. I was over at a friend's house one day, E-N, and after we finished eating, whatever you didn't eat or if you didn't finish what was on your plate, which is called leftovers, can I say, say leftovers? We gave it to the dog. His dog ate the leftovers. And, you know, what, we didn't go in the garbage can. You just kind of put your plate down, you licked it off the plate, or you threw it in his little bowl, and he ate his left, the leftovers from what we had. Often we do that to God. We use everything else, everything that we want first, and then we give God leftovers. And it really should be the other way around. We should be giving God our best first. Everyone say first. God needs to come first. Over the next two weeks we're going to talk about giving. We talked last week about our time, our Kairos moments. By the way, how many of you had a Kairos moment? Anybody where something special happened, I pray that you were praying for that, that God would do something in your life. Let me ask that question again. Did anybody, did, how many of y'all had a, some moment this week that was really a special moment that God, uh, okay. How many of you did not? And how many of you are just not going to raise your hand this morning? Because <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Last week we talked about Kairos moments, that moment in time where your thoughts and God's thoughts, what God sees, what you see, what God feels, what you feel happens like a divine appointment. And you say, God, this is a divine appointment. And I pray you continue to ask for that for the rest of your life, that God can use you for things every day, very special moments. Today we're going to talk about uh, first fruits. Everyone say first fruits. We give you a background, background, and, and we'll get more depth into next week about tithing. Tithing is 10%. Tithing literally means ten, a tenth part. And God says, I want you to give a tenth part for many reasons, for just supporting his ministry in the Old Testament and New Testament. In the Old Testament, they use it to feed the poor and feed the people in ministry. In New Testament, same thing. But today we're going to talk about this concept of giving God what we want to give him first. There's about 500 verses on faith. There's about 500 verses on love. There's about 2,000 verses on money and giving. Because if we can't be a giver, which God was, we're going to be a hoarder. It's not only money. It's your time. You can't have a kairos moment, as we talked about last week, unless God, your time is God's. If you get up every day and say, this is my day to do what I want, God has no room in your day. 
giving of your expertise, giving of your patience, giving of your love. We have to be a, a conduit, a pass-through. God gives us blessings that he may pass it through to other people. And in the pass-through, we are blessed. And by the way, we get to enjoy it, we get to keep some, whatever. But it's all about giving, giving it to God. And we have to live with our hands open and say, God, my life and everything I am, this, my soul, my dreams, my passion, my things, it's all yours. We have to have that perspective. And so what we're going to talk about today about giving God first, not our last, our best, not our second best. Romans 12 says, I present you therefore, brothers, Romans 12, 1, to present your body a living sacrifice. Lord, here I am. In the Old Testament, a sacrifice would get burned in the fire. It was already dead and it was consumed by the fire and burnt to a crisp. God is saying now in the New Testament, I want you to give yourself a living sacrifice. In other words, God, my voice and my words are yours. My thoughts, mi pensamientos are yours. The desires of my heart, I want them to be yours. How I use my hands, how I use my legs. I want this whole body to be alive and functioning but to serve you. That's giving God. And when I get up in the morning, the first thing I'm going to do is give my day to you. I'm not going to wait to the end of the day. There's a little frog in Costa Rica, uh, I think it's Costa Rica, called the tomato frog. It's red. And when the frog is attacked, it leaks out white poison on its body. And the white poison, it doesn't scare away its predators, but if the predator has the frog in its mouth, it leaks out the white poison and it poisons the, the, the predator's mouth and it spits the frog out. And so the frog lives to hop another day. However, he's half chewed up. So he's hopping on one leg like this. You don't want to end, the, you don't want to give God your day at the end of the day after the devil and chewed you up all day. You want to give God your first. And so we're going to talk about this concept of giving God first. Because if God, if God wants us to give him something, we want to put him at the top of the list. Can I get an amen? So the first thing we're going to look at, number one in your notes, is that God blesses what is given. God blesses what is given. You want to avoid the assumption that just because you're cute, God is just going to bless you. <laughs> or just because you're in America or because you're black or white, Hispanic, Asian or other, whatever it is, because you got long hair, short hair, no teeth, all teeth, or just because you're special in your own mind, God is going to bless you. Because it doesn't happen that way. Some people's lives are not blessed. Some people do things to put themselves in a position to be more blessed. And that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, God blesses what is given. Now, when I say what is given, it doesn't mean necessarily handed over to the church, but what is saying, Lord, it's yours. What do you want to do? In other words, your marriage, how many of y'all are married in any campus? Raise your hand. How many of y'all want your marriage to be blessed? Okay, some of y'all want your marriage to just end. I will propose to you, you don't want your marriage to end, you just want the drama to end. Because you, you got married to be happy together and to be blessed together. So what you need to do is you need to surrender your marriage to God. Say, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. Because when you're dating, you're all, hey, that's not reality. <laughs> because when you're, hey, you don't have responsibility together, you don't have kids, bills, you know, uh, uh, babies, and then babies and all that kind of stuff, it's easy. Where you don't have to... Uh, Serve each other, it's easy. But when you got to live together and cohabitate on a day-to-day -day basis, it takes sacrifice. Lord, I, I, I'm surrendering my marriage to you today and every day you surrender it to him. God blesses what is given. 
So look what it says in chapter 6, verse 37. Luke 6, 37, it says, do not, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgiven, you will be forgiven. And by the way, we'll get more into that verse uh, when we talk about sharing your faith, about not judging people. But here's what it says in verse 38. Give, everyone say give, give. and it will be given to you. Uh, okay, let's, you can say both things together with me. Say give, give. and then say it will be given to you. Say good measure, pressed down, shaken. Do this. Look up here. Say shaken. Go ahead. Come on now. One, two, three. Say shaken. Come on. I saw you last night at the club kind of shaking. Golly. Say running over will be put into your bosom. I know bosom is not a word we use today, but it's kind of like right here, okay? For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Uh, I went to the car wash, and this, is, this really didn't happen, but it was kind of like a little video I made. I went to the car wash, and I went to the girl. I always go to the same car wash, and the same girl's always there, and we always talk and joke around. And I said, I want you to wash my car. She says, where's your car? You got to give me a car if you want me to wash your car. I have to give it to her. Can't just walk up and say, wash my car, my car's at home. God, I want, you to, I want you to bless my marriage. Well, give me your marriage then. I want you to bless my health. Well, give me your health. Give me your diet. We're going to get ready to go on a fast. Hopefully you all go on the fast. you all going to do a 21-day fast. Give God your diet. I want you to bless my business. Give God your business. It doesn't mean you sign over to the church. It means you say, Lord, I commit to use it for your glory. How do you want me to use it? You want God to bless your finances, give God your finances. Don't do it your way. Do it his way. Now, does that mean that you can't have prosperity doing it? Do you, does that mean that people who hate God aren't prosperous? Oh, you see him making a lot of money, but is it blessed? Is the one thing, is the difference between having a lot and being blessed? There's a big difference. You can sleep at night. And God is honored. And, and, and by the way, this is, this is the kicker, is that how you are using what God has given you is accruing dividends in heaven. Because you can buy a rolls, you could buy a house, but not accrue any dividends in heaven. That's, that's honoring God with what you have. And, and be able to have peace with it. So God says, let's read it one more time. It says give. Everyone say Give. Say, it will be given to you. Say, good measure. Say, press down. Let's see the shake. Shaking together. And running over will be put in your bosom. How many of you want that for your life? Very good. Okay. Give. Whenever, whenever we talk about money, people's panties get in a bunch. Uh, just know... It is so important for every service we do and every topic we talk about that you read it for yourself, you pray, and you are convinced it's what God wants you to do. Because if it's not done by faith, it's sin. You don't want to do it because I'm telling you, you want to do it because by faith you believe it's biblically true. Amen? Amen. In a cult, they'll tell you it's because of what the guy says. In Christianity, it's because of what Jesus said. I'm just the middleman. But you have to do it on your own. Say, I, believe, I, I read that and read the verses on tithing and giving all through the Bible. There's a bunch of them more than anything else. Next, number two in your notes, our gifts need to be given first. 
And you know, it's number two, our gifts need to be given first. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 9 and 10. Proverbs is almost exactly in the middle of the Bible. The middle of the Bible is Psalms. In the middle, 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 middle of the Bible is Psalm 118. It's exactly in the middle. So Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions. Say honor the Lord with your possessions. Um, if you have a house, honor God with your house. If you have a bed you sleep in, honor God with your bed. One of the ways to honor God with your bed is to take care of your bed. And one of the ways to take care of your bed is to make your bed. <laughs> now, for real, if you got up every day and you made your bed when you were done, you would have a different day than if you don't. There's just something undone about an undone bed. And, I'll, and, and matter of fact, let's do, do a little poll, see how many of y'all will be honest. How many of you do not make your bed when you get up? Oh, look, at y'all just like, that's right. I don't make my bed. <laughs> Raise your hand really high, really high. We just, want, we just want to pray for you, pray for you. Okay, good, good. How many of you make your bed? No, let me say this. How many of you make your bed before, after you get up? Not before you get back in at night, but just like in the morning. When you, how many of you make your bed when you get up? Very good. And when you make your bed, and you know, for all y'all who do make your bed, you ever have a day when you don't make your bed and it's just like, eh. What my wife and I do? We get out of bed, and I usually get out of bed before her. She will take the, the, the we have like three, a sheet and two or three blankets. I like to like be like there's something laying on heavy. And I have flannels in the summer. And I roll up like a burrito. I like to wrap it around my legs and everything. And then other people just kind of like lay out with nothing, right? But we'll get under the bed and then she'll take the covers and lay them back to expose the sheets so they dry out because you sweat in them. And it makes it kind of fresh. Just a little tip. And then you make your bed. Just a little tip. <laughs> Try it. Then I hang my pajamas up on a hanger to air out because you sweat in them all night. And if you hang them up, they'll be fresh the next that night. Just a little tip. <laughs> Does anybody do that? Anybody else do that? Like nobody. <laughs> wow. But I'll bet you do it tonight. I'll bet you're going to do it tonight. <laughs> it says, honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits. Everyone say first fruits. Of your increase. First fruits. Then it says, he is why. Your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. In other words, if you honor me first, I will honor you. First fruits, when they, when they would have a harvest, the first fruits of the harvest, the first wheat, the first figs, whatever, they would harvest, they would say, this belongs to God. We acknowledge God first. We are acknowledging God as the giver of this. And we are acknowledging God as the provider. And we are doing that first. So when we talk about giving, we say, God, you, go, you give first. I'm not giving to the government first, even though they're taking theirs against my will. 
I'm going to honor you over and above everything else first. Whether it be my tithe or my offering, I'm going to give to you first. Before I give to myself, before I give to my savings, I'm going to give to you first. And I'm going to honor you first because I trust you're going to honor me back. And I trust that this is going to be true, that my barns will be filled with plenty. Our barns are not physical. Well, you might have a physical barn, but you may have your bank, your, your joy, <laughs> your relationship quality, which you're honoring God with. Your barns will be filled and your vats will be overflowed with plenty. God needs to be get first because he deserves our first. We don't treat him like a dog where he give him our last. Let me read Exodus 2, 22 verse 2. You don't have to turn there. You can write it down. 20, Exodus 22 2. You shall not delay to offer the first of your ripe produce and your juices. The firstborn of your son you shall give. Likewise you shall do with your ox, your sheep. It shall be with its mother seven days and on the eighth day you shall give it to me. God is telling the Israelites, every time you have a firstborn of any animal, I want it. I want you to remember to give to me first. I want you to honor me first. And by the way, everything God asks us to do, he's already done. We're going to see in a minute, he gave his first son. We'll see that in a minute. He said, I gave my first son. Number three. Giving God first secures a blessing on the rest. <laughs> this is something you have to be convinced of. And, and by the way, this is something that you can test. Turn to Malachi. Well, if you turn to Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, the book right before it is Malachi or Malachi, depending on what kind of pronunciation you have. But this is something that you can test is that when you give God first and you honor God first, whether it be your day, whether it be your offering, whether it be your money, then you can say, God, I am going to watch to see what happens. How many of you have a hard conversation to have this week? Anybody have a difficult conversation to have this week, like a confrontation? Here's what I would challenge you to do before that conversation. Before you have the conversation, say, God, please give me wisdom. I ask for your direction and your peace and your patience and your compassion in this difficult conversation. And you can even pray with the person. Say, look, you can even say to the person, I don't know who the person is with, if it's a family member or someone you really don't like and they don't like you, you can say, would you mind if I pray to God bless our conversation? Because this is going to be difficult for me. And I want to honor God with it. And watch what happens. You give God first, you can see what happens. Because look what it says in Malachi. It says, will a, verse 8, chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. And we'll unpack this a little more next week. But it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Why? That there may be food in my house. And then he says, test me in this. Says the Lord, if I will not open the window of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there's not enough room to receive it. And what he's saying is that, he's saying, if you, you can actually test, this is God saying, the only time in the Bible he says test him. If you don't do what I say, if you do what I say, I will do what I say. I will do what I promise and you can test me. You can actually test God. Say, okay, God, I'm going to honor you first, and I'm going to honor you with my best, and I'm going to honor you with my first, my tithes and offerings, and then I'm going to watch what you do. That's why last year we had a tithe, offering, a tithe challenge where we had people tithe for 90 days, and then we offered to give their money back after 90 days because if God didn't do that, we'd give them the money back. And people bless, God bless people. 
Romans chapter 11, verse 16, it says, if the first fruit is holy, holy means set aside for God. If what you give God first is set aside for God, then the lump is holy. If the root is holy, the branches are holy. In other words, Romans eleven sixteen is saying, if, if, what, if your first fruit is dedicated to God, it secures a blessing on the rest. So God, I'm going to dedicate my day to you and, I, and I'm securing a blessing on the rest of my day. I'm going to give my tithes to you. I'm securing a blessing on the rest. I'm giving my, my marriage to you first off every day. It's very simple. Dear God, bless my marriage today. Just every day say that. Lay your hands on your wife gently and softly and lovingly. <laughs> and say, Lord, please bless my wife today. Uh, ladies, lay your hands up this backside of your husband's head and say, please bless this knucklehead today. Please give him wisdom. How many of y'all are married? Any wives in here? All the wives in here? Just lay your hand on your husband right now on all the campuses. Like, right, right, lay it on his head. Lay it on his head and just say this out loud. Say, dear Lord, bless my husband with your wisdom. Amen. Very good. That got real quiet. It was like, dear Lord, bless him. <laughs> Lastly, Giving God first demonstrates faith in more to come. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians 15. I want you to imagine you have a cow... And your cow and the future cows that come out of your cow are going to provide you food and milk. And God says, I want the first cow. I want you to sacrifice to me the first cow. That's your first fruit. And you're like, well, wait a minute, God. If I give you my first cow, what happens if my mother cow doesn't have another cow? You have to trust me. If you have a sheep, sheep provides... Meat, wool, and the sheep has a baby sheep. A baby sheep is called a, a lamb. And God says, I want the first lamb. Okay, God, but what if it doesn't have any more lambs? You got to trust me. Your first fruit, you giving me your first fruit is you telling me, this is God telling you, that you trust me there is more to come. This is very important for you to understand because you're probably saying, well, how do I tithe or honor God with my money if I don't have a whole lot, how do I honor God with this? He says, you have to trust me. It's all about faith. When you walk with God in every area of your life, everyone say every area. Every area of your life, it is a walk of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I don't get it. So God, I'm going to trust you. Ladies, you may be dating a guy or getting ready to date a guy. It's a practical, and he's real good looking. He's cute. He's got a job. He, he's just like, he's got everything except Jesus. Treats you fantastic. He treats you better than any Christian guy you ever dated. But then you realize, you know what? He doesn't have Jesus. And if he doesn't have Jesus, how am I going to love Jesus and a guy who's going in the opposite direction? And he might not even know it, and he might not be maliciously going in that direction, but he's not helping you love Jesus, which has to be your first love. And by the way, you don't want to date just Christians. 
I would tell you don't date Christians. Date people who are on fire for God. That's the difference. Because Christians will jack you up just like non-Christians. <laughs> Can I get amen? And sometimes it's worse because they'll use God's name to do it. So you want to make sure this guy loves God and vice versa, ladies, uh, fellas, that the lady loves God. You don't want to just get together and say, oh, we get along. No, God, I want to honor you with this relationship. So I, I got to make sure. Matter of fact, I did my sister's wedding. My younger sister who works here, I did her wedding. Then the night of their wedding, which was the honeymoon, I don't, I don't know how I ended up in their <laughs> hotel room. I, I, really, I, I really don't know how I ended up in the hotel room. This is a true story. So the night of the wedding, I'm in the hotel room. I don't know how I got there, but I told my brother-in-law, I am not going to leave unless you get saved right now. This is true. And I don't remember why. I don't know if I had witnessed to him or whatever, but it came down today. I said, look, man, you're going to be married to my sister. You've got to be saved. And he's like, brother, I just got married, and I'm trying to, you know, get married. <laughs> I said, well, the quicker you get saved, the quicker you can be on with your marriage. I'm not advising you to do that, but I, even though I really did do that. Um, but my point is, is that you want to say, God, God, I am going to surrender my first to you. And I am going to trust there's more to come. And so I am, if, if this person I'm trying to date, I need to put a hold on and say, from this point forward, i got to make sure our relationship honors God. And you know what? It may risk our relationship. Because that person may say, I don't want to do that. Then you are in a position to choose between a person and God. And then you have to trust God. God, if I lose that person, what are you going to do? And you have to say, God, you have to trust God. That is a big ask. But let me tell you something. The God of the universe will never not honor that. He's not. So my point is that when you give God your first, your first animal, your first fruits of your crops or your first fruits of your income, you are telling God, God, I trust there's more to come to meet my need. And I am putting my trust in you. That's why by giving on a regular basis, you are learning to be generous. You are learning to live with an open hand. And look what it says in the Bible. God did the same thing. Jesus did the same thing. It says in verse, 1 Corinthians 15, Verse 20, it says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, Adam, by man, Jesus, also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, say first fruits. Afterwards, those who are in Christ at his coming. In other words, Jesus Christ, God gave his first and, by the way, only son, which even makes it even more powerful because he didn't have another one. But he was trusting that he would give Christ. Christ rose from the dead. And because Christ rose from the dead, he now offers us the opportunity to have eternal life. And then we would rise from the dead. Christ's resurrection was a sign of more to come. Matter of fact, if Christ didn't rise from the dead... We would not be saved. There is no gospel. It was a sign of more to come. So first, in your giving, when you give God first, you are saying, God, I am, tr I am securing a blessing on, what the, on the rest that I have. And I am also telling you, I trust there is more to come. As far as Jesus Christ rising from the dead, if you don't have Christ as your Savior, the assurance that you can have in your heart right now that he will forgive you is that he rose from the dead.
Because him rising from the dead was a sign you will rise from the dead. He was just the first one. And he's saying, here's what's going to happen. You give your life to me, which is way more valuable than your money. You give your heart to me. I will not only forgive you of your sin, but when you die and I come back, you will rise from the dead just like I did. My resurrection was a first fruit of more to come, of many resurrections. And so in a minute, you're going to have an opportunity to not only give your, your money, but more so your heart and say, Lord, I give my heart to you. Some of you need to give your marriage to God today. You need to give your addiction to God. Your depression. Your purposeless life. You don't have a purpose that you know about. God has a purpose for you. But you want to say, God, here's my purposelessness. I want purpose. I want clarity. I want to know why I'm here. I give my life to you. I give my burden to you. Lord, I prayed to, to ask you to my heart years ago and my life is the same. Give, give that to God. There was a man in the Bible who brought his demon-possessed son to Jesus' to Jesus' disciples. The disciples couldn't heal him. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus healed him, cast the demon out. And, he, and Jesus asked the father, do you believe I can heal your son? And he says, I believe but help my unbelief. Give your unbelief to God. And God said, that's all I want. I want honesty. So in a minute we're going to pray and you're going to have an opportunity to say, Lord, here's my life. You are a sign of the resurrection. I want you to forgive me so I could be assured that your resurrection was just the beginning of more to come, me being one of them. Let's all bow our heads and pray. And listen very carefully. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Todos han pecado y no alcanzan la gloria de Dios. Everybody is a sinner and that the penalty of sin is death. But the Bible says that the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Now, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The Bible's telling us that God wants to have a relationship with us. And evidence that that relationship is eternal is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That his resurrection was a sign of more to come, a first fruits. And as he asked us to give the first of our day, the first of our finances, the first of our pain, the first of our marriage, the first of our conversations to him, to secure a blessing on the rest and also to tell God we know and believe there's more coming. By putting God first in our life, he's asking you now to give him your soul. And he's asking you to give him your soul. To walk away from your old life trusting that the life he's going to give you in return is better than what you have. That if you had fun before, he's, there's more to come and it's going to be better. If you had opportunities before, there's more to come and it's going to be better. He's asked you to give him your marriage, your relationship. If you're dating and your dating relationship is not what it is, hey, both come together and give God your relationship. And trust there's more joy and more clarity that in your relationship than you ever had before. Be encouraged that his resurrection is a sign 
that abundant and eternal life is available to you. So if you would like to surrender your life as a first fruit, say, Lord, I am going to give you the first of my day, the first of the, the, first of the rest of my life. I'm submitting to you now. I want you to pray this prayer with me. It's a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer of commitment. Some of you may have already been saved, but you want to commit your life, your marriage, your business, your education, your career decision, your job opportunity. You want to commit that to him. Today is the first of the rest of your life. I want you to pray this prayer with me. In the privacy of your heart, say, dear God, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my soul to you, my marriage, my dreams. I surrender it to you believing that there are blessings to come, more wisdom, more clarity, forgiveness, a closer relationship with you. I come to you humbly saying forgive me and accept me. Jesus, forgive me of my sin, cleanse my mind, take over my life, every area of my life. Thank you, God. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer for whatever reason, whether you're asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin, whether you're asking God to take over your marriage, your business, your career, whether you're surrendering to God, your burdens, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand up. By standing, you're saying, Lord, here I am. These are the first moments of the rest of my life. I surrender them to you now, securing a blessing on the rest of my life. I surrender them to you now, that you would redirect my life, repurpose my life. If that's your prayer and you're the intent of your heart, I'm going to count to three and I want you to stand up. And by standing up, you are honoring God in this public place. And he will honor you. So if you're going to stand up, I just want you to move your booty back in your seat, get your legs ready, because I want to get you to ready, be ready to stand up and honor God. So if you prayed that prayer for whatever reason, on the count of three, stand up. One, two, three. Just stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 Very good. God bless you. Stand with your girlfriend.